Welcome to Net Front Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post Dispatch, joined by Jim Thomas, beat reporter, dutifully checking in from uh, is it LAX, JT? Yes, I'm here at Gate 15 at LAX, Terminal One. All right, so he's at LAX. Tom Timmerman on board from the STL uh, at his gate, which uh, <laughs> is not nearly as crowded. So, no, guys, uh, we'll start with JT. You were you were not subjected to a wonderful night of hockey by our heroes last night started bad and didn't get a whole lot better uh jim boy just a i can't imagine the chiefs in a very good mood right now no but uh you know we've certainly seen them a lot angrier after after games and uh you know i think a part of it is is resignation and some puzzlement that he's he's just got issues that they that uh they just can't seem to solve they know what the problems are they work on them they come out on the ice and the same things happen, you know, in terms of being soft on the walls, letting the opposing team crash the, uh, the net and uh, onward and forward. So uh, I, I don't know how you, uh, I don't know how you get out of it, but that was a brutal first period. It was, it was, it's gotta be their worst first period of the season. I know it's the only first period where they allowed three goals. Yeah. And you know, they played better in the second. They played, you know, had they played the second period first, it would have been a whole different situation. But yeah, that first period, they just got, you know, beat in every way that you can get beat. And um, but I mean, the second period is one of those tempting things. I mean, it's it shows you, okay, if they you know, get their act together, they can do that. But this is not a team that can get away now with thirty or forty minutes of of good hockey. They they need to amp that up. All right, so you you look at this game, and it starts off right away with the uh, ceremonial offensive zone penalty. <laughs> then they get on the penalty kill; they allow a uh, a full speed zone entry, and then in the uh, subsequent uh, face off scramble, they 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 get peppered and uh, applied pressure to the Kings. Uh, Kings rebound recovery and in a in a prime scoring opportunity, which Drew Doughty converts. Uh, just a a textbook start for the Kings on the power play and just a disastrous start, JT, uh, you know, taking the penalty and then doing really nothing to kill the penalty. Yeah, I'm, I'm muting occasionally so you don't hear all the airport noises. But uh, anyway, yeah, no, you're exactly right. And it gets back to my original point. I mean, they've talked about the need to get off to fast starts. They've talked about, hey, especially a team like the Kings and, and San Jose's uh, a little different, but similar in some ways in terms of they like to counter. They like to get on the rush. So they worked on that. They worked on zone exits. And uh, Ruby uh, talked after Monday's practice, after Tuesday's practice, and the players about what good good work they had and, and how productive everything was. And then they, they come out, and it looks like they haven't practiced in, in, in a month. It kind of reminds me, and I hate to say this. I hate to make this comparison. It reminds me of some of the bad Rams teams in that uh, oh, 2005 to 2015 period, that, that lost decade of, uh, of, of Rams football, where uh, whoever the coach would be, uh, Spagnola or Fisher or, or Linehan, they talk about how great they looked in practice. And then they go out in games and uh, the same kind of stuff happens. That's usually a sign that the team's just not very good. Well, that's not, that's not good, Tom. That's not a good assessment. <laughs> That, that is a, that is a bleak assessment right there. You know, we saw last year with the, you know, the, 
Justin Falk acclamation period. And you wonder if this year, if you've got Tori Krug and Mike Hoffman both having acclamation periods and there's, there's too many, you know, and we saw this in the Stanley Cup year where it took them until Mike Yo got fired before they kind of started getting their act together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, is it just too many pieces that they haven't been able to matter? I mean, the talent is there, but uh, this group, you know, whatever the mindset uh, that it has is, is not, you know, is not, is not there. They just haven't been able to come together. Uh, and it's not that, I guess it's somewhat that they're disjointed, but it's just, it, it's, it's not a whole. It is not an entity uh, at this point that is uh, conducive to winning hockey games. You know, JT, we've talked a lot about, you know, there's no J-Bo, uh, there's no uh, Alex Petrangelo, and now no Carl uh, Gunnarsson as well. And, you know, the problems continue uh, in the defensive zone. And you wrote about it as one of the keys for this team to get uh, in back in on, tr on track for the playoffs and gain some traction for the playoffs. But, you know, classic defensive zone problem on the uh, first even strength goal where I think that's what Vince Dunn is on the outside instead of on the inside against Cam Neely. Oh, wait, that's uh, Carl Grundstrom. Uh, is that the, <laughs> um, and he just on the wrong side? And, you know, I mean, it, you just can't in a, in a battle situation, you give up inside position and, and you know, here comes the wraparound uh, out front. So the reach around goal rather. And yeah, I mean, maybe Bennington could have reacted better, but, Frankly, he's one-on-one -on, -one on the goaltender. And he did just another case where Vince uh, and the Blues didn't win a battle down low. No, and uh, he almost used uh, 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 Vince as a uh, almost like a, a, a launching point or a springboard. Dunn is like on the wrong side, as you mentioned, but he's also behind the net. And he, just, he just shoves him kind of to get momentum to go, to go around, the, uh, around the net. And no, it... it, it uh, it wasn't uh, pretty at all. We've talked about how with Pareko out, they, they have only two defensemen from the Stanley Cup team, two out of the top seven, and that's uh, Dunn and Bortuzzo in the, in the lineup. And, and uh, it's, uh, it, it's showing. And even guys like Falk and, and, and Krug have, have leveled off. During, during this five-game uh, uh, winless streak, uh, both of those guys, Krug and Falk, are both minus six. That's just in five games. And, Again, we know plus minus isn't the end all be all, but uh, you, you know some of the responsibility for for those goals uh, go to those guys. So uh, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, uh, the defense, and and uh, uh, we we, we kind of keep waiting for them to play tighter. Uh, you know, Tom mentioned about how they they just they just don't seem cohesive, and you watch a team like the Kings play. And just how structurally sound they are on defense, on offense. It's almost like they know where everybody's going to be. And we're used to seeing the Blues play like that. And it just hasn't been like that all uh, all season. Uh, you know, you've got two players kind of running into each other to get the same puck or two players, neither of them getting the puck or, uh, you know, anticipating a guy's going to be there in the pass as a couple of, uh, a couple feet off and and now you've got a whole wave of new players new old players that you're you're starting to work in like uh you know tyler bozak and Jaden schwartz uh uh is expected to be friday tarasenko working as well on 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 the earlier west coast trip uh armstrong 
kind of foreshadowed this a little bit with the returning players about how, how this in a, in, a, in a lot of ways is almost like a kind of a new looking team for Tarasenko. It may, may, may take him a while to, to, to kind of uh, uh, get used to the guys. And, and so you just wonder how long that, that that's all going to take as, as, uh, one one of these play on, on like a guy like Bozak. He comes into the game. He's on the line with Mike Kaufman. Well, Mike Kaufman doesn't know Tyler Bozak. Bozak had played seven games, and and uh, I I don't think Kaufman was on the the, the, the same line for for all of those seven. So uh, just a strange and uh, confounding set of circumstances here. Yeah, I mean, if you if you envisioned a team in which you have uh, Alex Petrangelo, Jay Bomeister, and Colton Pareko, and remove them from the defense that you, there's no players you know, on this planet that you can probably bring in that say, okay, and now we will be just as good after subtracting three, uh, you know, prime top level defenders. Um, and so, you know, it's going to be a different defense and there's going to be different pieces and Tory Krug has to get up to speed. You know, Falk has gotten up to speed, but you still see, you know, Vince Dunn is still, you know, I would say erratic, but there are times in which, He's kind of got his, his, his back to the play and it's like, oh, there's someone over there. And so they've got a, um, you know, there's this almost like a situational awareness of, you know, you know, when you're out walking in a park at night that you need to be alert to what's going on. And, and they're like, oh, wait, I forgot that there are players over there and they leave themselves open to these things. On the third goal, we hate to pick on Mike Hoffman and Tory Krug, but you know we've been mentioning these guys. On the third goal, uh, Mike Hoffman runs out to the uh, to cover the right point. That's good. He went out there. The bad news is he was beaten easily, and so now you have a situation where Walker comes down the wall. Uh, he's got time to survey the situation. Two Kings go to the net. Uh, Tory Krug attempts to. Um, well, I wouldn't say attempt. He was in position to sort of stop the centering pass towards the front of the net, but he, the stick wasn't in great position. The, the pass goes through two guys go to the net puck bounces off a, a skate into the net uh, Falk a little late coming back in trying to uh, cover the far post. So it's just, you know, a classic case where again, you're in the uh, defensive zone coverage uh, guy gets beat out high and two guys go to the net and the net area is not secured. And, and now that game is a basically got away from you because the Kings with that trapping style, they, they get to that third goal and, you know, it's just, uh, they just let the air out of the, uh, of the game and that's it. A fine, but somewhat sordid description of what went wrong on that, uh, on that third goal. And, and you're right. Hoffman lets, I believe it was Sean Walker, just kind of uh, get the outside on him and, and get in a good position. And then, I don't know, several minutes later, there's a kind of a similar case of a, uh, uh, a, a point man trying to a guy at the point trying to get the edge on Braden Shen. And you know what happens on that play? The Kings player ended up smashed into the board because Shen didn't let him get around him and just uh, creamed him into the board. So, you know, we, we, we knew that defense wasn't a strong point of uh, Hoffman and uh, you know, it, it shows up uh, periodically. And that was a, a, a glaring case of that. And, and Krug, although this wasn't exactly uh, uh, a case where he got out muscled on that same play, I mean, he's 
and and the heart is willing. I mean, he's a feisty guy, but the uh, uh, and uh, uh, you know we, we kind of miss the days where we had these uh, uh, these robo defenders. They're all like coming out of a cookie cutter. You know, six four, six five, two fifteen, two twenty, uh, and uh, these are missed right now. Yeah, on the uh, on the Hoffman front, you know, and you look at his goal production. His goal yesterday is his eighth of the season, I believe. And um, you know, why is he not getting more? Well, he's not getting a lot as much ice time as he might have in other circumstances because it would appear that Craig Berube is not terribly confident have, having him out there on defense. That you know, when when they tighten up the game, if they're protecting a lead. Uh, you're not giving Mike Hoffman the ice time. He's not on the first power play unit for different reasons uh, or hasn't been. So um, that's things So they're not like maximizing what they can get offensively out of Hoffman because they apparently aren't satisfied with what they're getting defensively uh, out of him. Well, we got to say something nice about Mike. He did uh, out high. He was able to uh, keep a puck in the offensive zone and he, Threw a puck at the net and got a got some deflection help, but he did score from distance, which is one of the things that Mike Hoffman can do. So, you know, given his his minutes, uh, JT not not huge production, but again, it, you saw you sort of saw the in that game you saw the the good, the bad, and the ugly for Mike, and there was some good. He can score, but I guess going forward with Schwartz coming back, with uh, Tyler Bozak settling in, with uh, the Chief hoping to get uh, a good fourth line assembled again and lean on that fourth line to provide not just energy, but some shutdown. Again, I can see a situation where Mike is really in a, uh, in that dreaded third line gap with his first two lines playing a ton and the fourth line playing a ton. And really it's a relegation line, especially in a, in a close game. Uh, you just see where that's headed for Mike. And, and I don't know if there's a way out of it for him other than to suddenly embrace uh, uh, the chief style hockey. Yeah, I, I, uh, and that's one thing that <clears throat> that he's on the third line. It, it, it's, it is especially when all these injuries hit. A little puzzling that uh, for the vast majority of the season he hasn't been on the the, the number one power play. But, but uh, who who do you take off that uh, unit? You got you got uh, uh, Krug at the at the point as a quarterback. You got uh, O'Reilly, I guess, as the bumper. Shen down low. Uh, uh, Peron on the wing. Who's the other wing now? Oh, it's Tarasenko. And mm-hmm. so who goes out to put Hoffman in, but boy, you, you look at that, 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 that booming shot that he has from, from the circle and, and uh, you know, about 40% of his, uh, his goals over his career are on the, on the power play. And you, you would think somehow they, they'd find a way to, to, you know, put that to, to better use. He, he's a streaky scorer. A, a lot of goal scorers are like that. He's, this was like only a second goal in 12 games. Kyrou's at the, what one out of uh, one out of eleven, I think now. But uh, you, you need you need to get him hot again. Well, that's the one thing that Hoffman does, you know, offer is that even if he's struggling now offensively, he's like really the one guy he and Tarasenko who could suddenly you know go nuts and score a bunch of goals and and, and get back toward his his total. You're not going to see Ryan O'Reilly. We're not going to see this big goal binge suddenly. But Hoffman's got that potential, and so. You know they got He's going to keep playing, and uh, he's going to keep getting chances. But he's got to, you know, that's the kind of the faith that you have to have in Mike Hoffman. He has scored scored goals before. He hasn't forgotten how to score goals, uh, but he just has to start doing it. And again, it, it's 
you know, it's like a enhanced version of Zach Sanford. At some point, these things are going to come and you just, you know, and maybe wait it out till it gets here. An interesting uh, challenge ahead for the chief with uh, Jane Schwartz coming back. I mean, he has been trying uh, various combinations uh, during the course of the game and uh, trying to find, uh, you know, chemistry. And he, for a while they were getting, especially uh, on the road, they were getting some pretty good production out of their top guys, pretty, pretty steady production from their top guys, which was fortunate given the lack of scoring depth with the, the fill-ins. But now, you know, you, you get Schwartz back, you're working Bozak back in, you're trying to get, uh, you're, you're trying to, again, put the pieces together. You know, how, how do you see the, uh, you know, that integration going, JT? Because, uh, again, like, you, like we've talked about, it's just, uh, it's a different type of team, but it's also a team that's sort of reassembling on the fly. Yeah, and uh, with a quick moving uh, season. So what, what do you do if you're the chief? Do you go kind of classic lines? Uh, uh, and, and uh, you know, he started out with the old Sanford, uh, O'Reilly, and, uh, and Perron. When Schwartz comes back, do you, do you, do you uh, put together the SST line, Schwartz, Shen, and, and Tarasenko, knowing that you've got two guys, Schwartz and Tarasenko, that are going to be uh, rusty? And, and under that scenario, maybe you – uh, you drop lay down to the fourth line. And, and again, I, I wrote a little bit about the fourth line, how, yeah, they're, they're trying hard they have energy, but there, there's just not enough production there. And uh, uh, you know, if you have Blay, Sunquist and, and uh, Clifford uh, and, and again, Dakota Joshua is a nice story, but, but if you have Blay, Sunquist and Clifford as your fourth line, I think that gives you need to, to score there well early, but uh, yeah, it, 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 may just take a while to, to get all these injured guys because they've been out for, for, for so long. And imagine, you know, Thomas isn't that far removed, apparently, from, from coming back when, when you try to, try to work him in there. By the time they get everything humming, they, they may find themselves in, in, in behind both L.A. and, and Arizona. Yeah, we're seeing more of the fourth line that we saw at the start of the year when it was a great asset when you had Sunquist, Barbershev, and Clifford there. Um, yeah, they're you're having to fit all these guys in. I mean, it's a it's a good you know it's a it's a welcome problem to have uh, for them, but it's, it's, they, they've got to start doing it. And it's what I've maintained, like with with Tarasenko, is that they're you know just because a guy's back, it doesn't mean he's back. And and, and so you're going to look at whether it's a week, two weeks, or more for these guys to get up to speed. And in the case of Tarasenko, you know, we'll see peaks and valleys. You would think with someone like Schwartz, who hasn't been out multiple, you know, more than a season, uh, that it'll be a simpler transition back. You know, they'll get bodies, but, you know, right now we're seeing, you know, this was a team that had challenges with Arizona. It's having challenges with the Kings. Um, you know, Vegas took care of them. That there are teams in this division that they don't, oh, you know, that they have trouble with. And when all the teams are going to come from this division, there's going to be, have to be in the top four. You can't have a bunch of teams that you're not better than uh, if you want to make the playoffs. You, you need more games against Anaheim, fellas. They're, they're, yeah. they're four games, four <laughs> games above 500, and they're 4-0 and against Anaheim. Yeah, when you look at the, the totality of the race, clearly, uh, you know, Vegas is just, uh, you know, doing a f fabulous job to nobody's surprise. And also Colorado, despite, uh, you know, injuries and struggles, not unlike what they went through last year. Um, can't seem to keep both goaltenders healthy, for instance, but they're, uh, they're in pretty good shape. Minnesota has been a, a tremendous uh, surprise. I think a team that I thought Bill Guerin was going to be in, uh, 
continuing to do his rebuild mode during the course of the season, yet the team has played so well, getting the goaltending uh, that it didn't get a year ago and uh, really responding, playing uh, terrific hockey. Uh, they're in good position to make the playoffs. And then there's the Blues who are at the moment still holding position. But then, you know, you got Arizona, which I think could still be in rebuild mode if they get a chance to move assets. Anaheim's in the tank. You know, they're in a rebuild situation. San Jose is just not a good team. Uh, should be rebuilding and is not. And then there's LA, which is a scrappy team that looks like the team because they certainly own the Blues with the way they play. They they have really looked, they really frustrate the Blues. It's pretty evident. So, I, you know, we were looking at this division thinking, well, all right, but there's crappy teams in the bottom. So it'll be a, so they end up with the four spots. So what, you know, they're in the playoffs and maybe they can put it together, but now I don't know to, to Tom's point. I mean, you look at these teams, are there, are there four teams you're better than uh, when you've had trouble with Arizona, when you had trouble with LA, you know, San Jose, I mean, they're still a talented bunch. And again, other than Anaheim, man, it's uh, I mean, these games, JT, every game starting to look more important than the one before. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's for sure. And, uh, uh, you know, I think, I think we all maybe thought the, the, the Blues were in that three spot entering the uh, season. Obviously, that, that uh, no longer uh, uh, looks like a, a slam dunk for sure. I, I, my, I myself, I keep waiting for Minnesota to, to uh, uh, come back to the pack, but, but they haven't so far. They're getting great uh, goaltending from the rookie. Uh, they've got the rookie uh, uh, winger, uh, how's his name pronounced, Kaprizov, uh, whatever. But they, they're getting great play from uh, from two rookies, so so they're not uh, they're not going uh, going away. But again, you, you just get in the thing. Maybe they're healthy uh, by then, and maybe maybe they have some momentum and 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 see what happens. But yeah, the West has shaped up a lot tougher than than I thought it would, the, the, with the exception of Anaheim. Uh, the, the, the California teams are, 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 are tougher. Although San Jose uh, uh, can't, can't play defense. They, they can't score. And, 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 and that's given the, the blues some problems when they play them. And not to get ahead of ourselves because we'll probably record another podcast before then, but I'm intrigued by the game when the blues play the wild in Minnesota, because it'll be the first time we've seen them and to see how those teams look uh, going up against each other. I think that'll be one of the most, that'll be a very telling a game for me to see because I, I I know what the Blues look like against the rest of the division, but Minnesota is still um, you know a bit of a mystery. Yeah, yeah it's funny. I thought uh, going into the year that you know again Bill Guerin, the old Blues winger, would be you know, at some point he's going to you know with the expansion draft coming up, he would like at some point trade Matt Dumba because of just he can't protect everybody and they've made their commitments with Spurgeon and Brodine. Uh, looking going forward, you thought okay, and then there's other pieces that they might move off that team. I didn't like that team going in. I didn't think they had a center after moving on from Eric Stahl. I, you know, Bookstad, I, I thought, you know, boy, that guy's, he's been nothing but hurt the last several years. I, uh, I, I didn't like that. Johansson, he's not really a center. I, I didn't, didn't like that team at all, really going in. I figured they'd just start keep selling off parts, but yeah. And, uh, you know, at the Tom's point, I mean, they, they've played uh, the state of hockey has got to be thrilled uh, with the way things are going. You know, they didn't even get a look at Marco Rossi because he got wiped out by COVID and not that he would have been a big player for him this year, but they didn't even get a look at him, their top pick. But yeah, that team is, um, you know, one of the top two or three success stories in the league, Jim. 
Yeah, they they uh, uh, they sure are, and 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 sometimes uh, you know the team concept, uh, uh, you know the sum of the parts is is better than what the individuals look. And I'm like Tom, I'm I'm uh, just uh, curious to see them play and see what makes them tick. But you you look at the other top three teams, and we keep circling back, or I keep circling back to the de- defense and goaltending, and uh, uh, those teams are all getting excellent goaltender goaltending from the, from their number one guys. Uh, uh, Flurry's under two goals a game still, I believe. And, and uh, in, in, in Minnesota and Colorado, they're at like 210. And, and uh, uh, the Blues aren't, you know, the Blues aren't getting uh, getting great goaltending right now, despite all the other problems. I mean, Bennington's just been so-so lately. Uh, I thought he got, he's, he, he got a little tired and he got rested, but, 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 he's still, you know, he, he's not uh, erasing things like, like he is when he's hot and, and helping them steal points, which, which, uh, which a, a real prime goaltender would, would do. And I, I get the, 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 the blues had to resign him. There's, there's no doubt. And I, I'm not ready to kick him to the curb, but uh, you know, they're, 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 they're not getting great goaltending and, and Huso had a nice little stretch, but then he reverted, gave up a couple soft goals. So uh there's, there's, there's a lot of holes in the dike right now. You know, say that, you know, pick a point of the blues that you'd say, God, there's something they can, they can build around right now. And I'm not, you know, not sure what it is. Um, you know, the, the power play kind of found itself a little bit there though. It, it hasn't in the, in the past couple of games. Um, yeah. But you say, well, you know, the, I mean, the offense scored one goal yesterday. I mean, that's, you know, in, in the modern NHL, that's not going to win you many games at all. They've got to score more. Uh, they've got to allow less, you know, and so, you know, if they can bring those things in towards the middle, they'll do better. But right now they're not. I mean, they're, they're, you know, scoring one goal a game and allowing four. So that's, that's not a combination. All right. Last topic on the net front. Um, you know, I didn't see the blues making any uh, changes because they're up against the cap. They had guys coming back, have guys coming back. It's an ongoing process. The team is slowly reassembling, but, you know, you, you look at the, we've had a half hour of scratching our heads here about a lot of situations with the group. And you wonder, I don't know that there's any way to do anything because against they're up, up against the cap and they've already, they're already paying guys who are hurt their full salary and they've spent a lot of money on this team. And I, you know, and Doug's a wizard, but I would have thought like two weeks ago, there's no chance the blues do anything ahead of the trade deadline, but uh, boy, with the way the, the situation is right now, with the team looking stale, uh, Jim, I, I don't know that you could, you, I don't know what's out there that they could do, but you got to wonder if Doug Armstrong is getting a little, uh, a little antsy watching what he's watching. He's got to be, and we all know how Armstrong is. He's always, he's always working the phones, but you've got quarantine issues in terms of uh, uh, bringing in new players, especially if you're trading, uh, you know, uh, trading with the uh, Canadian teams, you have a, uh, uh, this complex uh, cap issue where basically, and amazingly, it's almost like a shell game, but they've been shuffling papers uh, all year to avoid having to dump a player for salary cap purposes. So uh, uh, yeah, uh, th- this is hardly the sunshine edition of uh, net front presence, but there, it, it doesn't look like there's an easy way out of what we've got going here. Yeah. You know, uh, do you know, would they need to acquire a defenseman? You know, would they, would they, you know, want, like when they got Scandella a couple of years ago. I mean, is that, you know, something they need to to look at, you know, with, with the group they've got? Um, 
but you know they don't have the money to spend a lot of money on a defenseman. You know, and I don't think it's at the point where they would say, you know, we're writing the season off. Jaden Schwartz, we're going to trade for you know something uh, as the unrestricted free agent looming. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what can they do? But you wonder, does does the defense need to be configured? I, it'd be tough to bring in a forward. That's not what they need. But you look defensively, what can they what can they do? But you know, the guys they got back and Bozak and Schwartz, those are guys that should help how the team plays defensively. It won't help defensemen, but it'll help how the team looks defensively. Yeah, I, I don't know if uh, what the deal was with Jake Wallman uh, getting a game. Was that just a cry for help by the chief? Uh, was that uh, you know setting up flares from the desert island? I mean, what what was going on there, JT? That came from deep left field. I uh, uh, you know I, I saw that he was uh, during the day he was promoted from the taxi squad, but it, but as Tom knows, they've. They've done that repeatedly, as, and, and he would be kind of like the seventh defenseman, you know, in case somebody got sick or, 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 or tripped in the locker room and, and uh, sprained an ankle or something. But uh, he actually comes out there, and there's no uh, Nico Mikula. And he's, you know, we've all, I think it's pretty well established that defense is the issue. And then you bring out an offensive-minded defenseman, Instead of, you know, Mikkel is a stay-at-home guy. So that was puzzling. I, I really like watching Wallman play. I mean, he's, I, I think he's the second-best skater on the team next to Cairo, maybe a distant second. He, he's got puck-moving abilities. He's got a pretty good shot. But I'm not sure that's what they needed right there. Well, give, give Jake some ice time. That was really his first game. I mean, he's, the other two games he'd been in, he'd been the seventh defenseman in an 11-7 configuration. So uh, – a chance for Jake and yeah, but um, who knows? Who knows? And and you know, you always get that push. A guy really getting a chance who doesn't get a chance, he goes out and does not superhuman things, but uh, you know, raises the level. So give him a chance. Well, and it didn't really change the team much. Well, I'm <laughs> no. sorry, everybody, that this has not been more uplifting, but uh, so it is for the uh, our heroes on the West Coast. So I want to thank Jim Thomas. Dialing in from LAX, uh, Tom Timmerman from here in the STL. I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been NetFront Presence. A reminder that you can catch NetFront and all of our podcasts on stltoday.com slash podcast or your favorite podcast provider. Until next time, for Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. See you.